Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Extra Rounds Podcast. My name is Mike Dice. I'm Elias. We are here to talk about all things MMA, which these days is kind of also boxing. <laughs> um, so the big story this week, Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, we're going to have boxer slash professional MMA fighter on a Hulutan on to talk about that a little bit in her own career. And uh, then later we'll be joined by the UFC's own Joe Lozon to talk about his upcoming fight against Clay Guida. So it's a pretty stacked show, I yeah. think. Uh, two really interesting people to talk to right now. Um, so first of all, let's get back to the big story of the week, yeah. which is Mayweather McGregor, which um, is not going away. What did you think of the fight? Well, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, in practice, was an, was an interesting fight as much as it could be. I didn't expect it to go um, quite as it did, and um, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. You know, I thought it was interesting. I thought I was impressed with McGregor's angles and his footwork, um, and uh, I was impressed with Mayweather's conditioning, just his outclassing of of McGregor the second half of the fight, and uh, and his his strategy and how he really just felt free to let loose as soon as McGregor started tiring and, and, and wincing a bit much from the body work uh which for the first three or four or five rounds was like all that um Mayweather would occasionally even throw but it was working shots to the body as soon as that happened Mayweather just went in with like no regard and no respect for anything squared up wading in in a way that he's never done before um in a way that certainly he should be able to do against a person who's literally a novice boxer who's never done this before but you know once they're in there it's still another grown man who's heavier than you and taller than you and so that was impressive but but uh you were there in in person uh so i'm curious what you thought of it and i'm also curious what your thoughts are on the judging uh, I don't know if you paid attention to the scorecards. It didn't go the distance, so we didn't need the judges. And thank God we didn't need them because they were awful as far as I was concerned. Mike, two of the judges only gave McGregor like one round. That's insane. I gave him the first four rounds. At least you got to say he won the first three. Um, but it seemed like it seemed like they were really penalizing him. It would it appear for doing like those illegal hammer fists that the ref <laughs> didn't didn't penalize him for like that was that was really trippy to me so what was the atmosphere like for you and what did you think of the scoring well uh we'll talk about scoring first since it's right. fresh in my mind um it was surprising i think that so in the arena we could see the showtime broadcast mm. which is not typical of a ufc event right or i don't think at least yeah. um otherwise yeah. the ufc's on-screen graphics is very minimal, so I, maybe it, you are seeing it. And it's just hard to, note, mm-hmm. to notice it. Mm-hmm. But like, you could look up. Like I remember looking up and seeing the Showtime judges scoring card and thinking, okay, well, he's got it the same way I do. Um, I thought Connor won the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there could be some debate about that whether he actually won them or Floyd let him win them, but that's a different story. Yeah, right. Who cares? Either way, yeah. punches either way, I thought they were 10-9 for Conor McGregor, mm-hmm. whether Floyd let him win him or he actually sure. won him or not. Sure. Uh, I thought the fourth I, – I kind of agreed with Conor's assessment when he was breaking it down. I kind of thought um, the fourth round could have gone either way. Sure. I think he could have given it to Conor. I think he could have given it to Floyd. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I had it – Three, let's say three one, and then I think Connor won that was the eighth, and mm-hmm. so I had it five four going into the ten in favor of Mayweather, and uh, which is a lot more competitive than I think people would have thought. I know right. that when I was talking to some, uh, Jose Young's fan sided full combat guy, um, that we were he made this point that like if Connor wins four rounds, it's a huge upset mm-hmm. whether he loses or not because mm-hmm. he's met. Um, I forget whether the example was Maidana or Cotto or whoever mm-hmm. Pacquiao 
won four rounds, mm-hmm. only won four rounds against Mayweather. Mm-hmm. So he would have met met that benchmark. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really interesting. And I remember thinking like, oh, he's done it. He's won four rounds sure. and there's still like, and he could still win on the yeah. judges scorecard. And I remember looking up at the Showtime judges scorecard and seeing that he kind of had it similar. So like, I know I, I don't remember how the back half was, but I know he mm-hmm. definitely gave Connor the first three rounds, mm-hmm. which meant going into the ninth, it was four, four, which is crazy, crazy to think about. Um, and I, and I think we, were, I was shocked to see that it was eight one, and and the only thing that makes sense is that it was like this boxing guard that uh, yeah didn't think that was giving it to Floyd when they shouldn't have, or they were giving him more credit for this strategy he was using, yeah. or yeah. Uh, they were penalizing McGregor though the judge never took him around and yeah, took a point, the ref, which was absurd, right? For he was hammer fisting the fuck right, out of the back of his for head. doing that, and so you know. It fortunately didn't have to go. I think there would have yeah. been a lot of like if it had gone to the judges' scorecards. I think there would have been a lot of outcry about yes. how dirty it was, which would have tarnished the whole thing. Right, right. Um, well, so, it was a pretty tarnished affair, but it would have been horrible. But I mean, like, it, horribly more tarnished. Like, could right? you imagine all the MMA fans in the yeah. wake of this, especially the ones who were like riding on Connor so hard? Of course. Um, you know, this boxing's rigged. This was rigged. Yeah. Like, you know, how can he score? Especially with that one judge scoring it a little bit, I think, more fairly. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been like, all you need is two judges. Yeah. And I think it would have looked that way. Yes, so that's right. Um, I don't know if you saw. There's like a video. I posted it to my Instagram this morning mm-hmm. of this oh, or yesterday. Look. Somebody uh, dubbed over the referee giving instructions to Conor McGregor <laughs> and Floyd Mayweather. No, I'd and the whole thing that. is like, uh, it's funny because he's like, He's like, I don't work for you. I work for Floyd. If you so much as touch Floyd, I'm gonna DQ you. And he's like, Turns out he he's didn't. like, I'll hit you. He's like, I'll hit you. You my own self. It, it's really funny. You should. Uh, I will check, check it out. that out. Yeah. It, and it turns, as it turns out, it was nothing like that. I was like, like, if you try any UFC stuff in here, I'll slap you my damn self. It was it was all tough talk because uh, there was no way anyone was gonna get disqualified in that match. There was no way they were gonna. Yeah. Lie. I mean, Conor McGregor. It would have been for boxing fans who don't realize this. All those hammer fists to the back of the head are very much illegal in MMA. Like, there's no rule set that Conor McGregor's ever fought in other than on the street where there's no rules that he's ever been allowed to do that. It was definitely it was definitely illegal. I was surprised it never even gave him a real warning. Uh, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, Angelo Reyes, boxing coach who obviously knows the sport really well. What's up, Angelo? Says uh, that boxing is scored by – and that was the other thing that I was thinking yeah. about too. Like, we all, we're all scoring – like, I'm scoring it – from what I do for MMA. Sure. And I feel like I'm fairly accurate when I score in MMA. Mm-hmm. So like I'm sc- looking at it through that lens and he's bringing up that uh, boxing scoring is done by ring generalship, effective aggressiveness, clean punching and defense. So, you know, if you, you, you could use those rules, I guess, to, uh, there's really no way around those first three rounds. If you just look at how much Mayweather threw his posture, if he was backtracking and how much he landed, I mean, McGregor just, outlanded him in all of those so there's no there's no defensible way in my opinion angelo that that those three can be scored now that's a separate argument from saying that floyd was was playing possum and was part of an overall strategy to give up rounds let connor tire himself out to see what connor was doing and and you know and and floyd has great eyes he watches his opponents really carefully but yeah i mean let's look at this let's look at the let's count it up ourselves and look at the punches landed i mean if one guy is landing more or significantly more punches than the other guy uh, in the in the round. I, I don't. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, yes, I'm not saying McGregor was jarring Mayweather, but Mayweather wasn't even throwing enough to even have a chance to score more than May than McGregor. So I, I remember. 
I think I think Mayweather was in control. Don't get me wrong, but I can't give him those early rounds. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm not saying that he was losing control of the fight. He just gave up some rounds. There was like a moment really early in the second round, and I was like, okay, Mayweather's just letting Conor punch. Like that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And like I, I think I recognized that really early. Yeah. And I was like, and Conor's gonna do it. Sure. He's gonna. We've seen him punch himself out before. Sure. Um, so it's easy to do, man. You got to come out for more rounds than he's ever had to come out for before. You've got a weird pace. You've got, you know, and he's wearing, he's throwing punches with more weight on his fist than he's ever done in a fight before too. Twice as much. So it's a, it's a, it's a definitely a tough task to say the least, but, uh, it's two fifteen. I don't know. If yeah. We should give on a, a call. We've got, uh, I've got some more, uh, stuff to talk about. We got plenty of episodes left. More importantly, let's hear from, from our boxing expert. Anna Hulatin, former uh, boxing world champion, is also now an MMA fighter, friend of the show. Let's see. Give her a ring now. This is good. Also works with the one and only Angelo, Angelo Reyes. That's right. Thanks for watching, Vegas. Angelo. That's so cool. Angelo has the Cage Siders, a really great uh, TV show and podcast. Um, super busy out of there in the fight capital of the world, and he always is supportive of the show. He's been on the show multiple times. He's always watching. We really appreciate that. The guy coaches some of the best in the world, has some of the best programming out there in the world, and he still makes time for us, so that's awesome. All right. Anna, this is Elias and Mike. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. How you doing, Elias? How you doing, Mike? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. We're really excited to have you. We definitely want to hear what's what's uh, what's coming up next for you personally, but we also want to make use of your of your expertise to analyze and look back on this uh, McGregor Mayweather fight. If if you'll if you'll indulge indulge us, how how did the fight go in your eyes? If you could sum it up and like characterize the ebbs and flows of that fight and how it ended. How would you characterize it? What did you see in there? Uh, it was pretty entertaining. Obviously, the hype um, got me intrigued. Uh, I think um, Conor McGregor got me. He's a, he's a great salesman. He yeah, I, like I never personally met the man, but I, I just hated his guts for all the things that he was saying about boxing. And I thought it was just so disrespectful. And for Floyd to go in there and just be like a Spartan, he, like, to me, like what Floyd did in the first couple of rounds is – he had his shield. He shielded up, and he started jousting. He started spearing through Conor McGregor's body, and uh, you know, tenth round came, and there was a big stoppage. And you know, it's for me, it <laughs> it, it like lifted a lot of weight off my shoulders because for the past several weeks, I had to. It's it's interesting to like listen to a lot of different perspective, perspectives, especially from people who have not followed boxing or don't even understand the history of it, or have never been in a boxing gym. And hasn't hasn't seen, you know, what it's about. So it's nice to actually have all of this play out the way that it did. And uh, you know, I, I almost feel like, oh, oh, a part of me can just close that chapter um, in in in, um, in in my life. So it's it's it was frustrating. I, I gotta admit, just to hear all the different things that people were saying. It, it definitely seemed like there was this very boxing versus MMA thing going on, and uh, boxing was getting the worst of it because Connor's legion of fans can be a little overzealous, but you know, Elias and I were talking about the scoring 
and uh, you know, racking our brains around it. Did you do you score the fight as you watch it? And if you did, did you how did you score it? Uh, I'm not very good at scoring because I tend to be biased. I look hmm. at more at technique. Um, but, but there's there's some people who look at the uh, round per round and, and then they'll score, and then there's there's other people who would look at the endurance or the intensity level of like one fighter versus another. And so I kind of felt like going into this fight, Floyd was going to take Connor into um, into some quicksand and kind of carry him deep. Um, and you know, with that said, you know, I think it's hard for a lot of people to understand the 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 whole flow of it. Um, so I didn't really necessarily score it. Like, like it's it's hard because a lot of people give Connor a lot of credit for the first part of the fight. Versus, in my eyes, I'm thinking uh, I'm not giving him any credit because he's actually letting Floyd do what he's what he's doing. Um, and you know, as a fighter, it's all about protecting your position or lobbying for the better position. And it felt like Floyd was getting the better end of it, even though Connor was, you know, quote unquote, was scoring. Um, it's a 36 minute game. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I just, maybe I'm too biased, but I, I saw what Floyd was doing from the get go. He was trying to figure out Connor, see, see what he's going to come out with, if he was going to box or if he's going to make it dirty and come about the third round. Like I can already see in the corner, Connor was just gasping for air. And that was, that was the entertaining part for me. Like in between rounds, whenever the, camera would pan out to each fighter I was, I was laughing hysterically and I'm thinking man you know there is no shortcut to this fight just like in anything there's no shortcut in anything and uh, for me it was almost my way of like digging in Connor and saying yeah you know you can't just walk into the sport not having any background experience whatsoever because there's a lot of people like myself who is just cut and bled and just cried for the sport and you know a lot of people like devote their lives into this and so i don't know like it was it was a passionate fight for me but uh in terms of the scoring uh, I, I just kind of see it more of the long game where mm. uh for all the boxing fans or for anyone who wants to know a little bit more a fight that you can watch is um um, um azuma nelson versus um Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name. He just got back into the Boxing Hall of Fame too here in Nevada. Is uh oh um uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's slipping my tongue. Uh, Salvador Sanchez, there you go. Nice. Um, he's one of my favorite fighters. But there was a lot of back and forth action in that fight, and uh, you can start to see Azuma Nelson. He was scoring a lot over Salvador Sanchez, and the way that Sanchez plays out the entire fight, and this is back then when they had 15 minutes, uh, 15 rounds. Um, uh, he he basically had Azuma Nelson feeling like he was winning the fight, and Azuma Nelson he just couldn't finish it hmm. because the intensity was just so high. And so that's a part of the fight game that you know I, I appreciate a lot in seeing with Floyd being at 40 and retired, not fighting for the past two years against someone who's prime like Conor McGregor, who's 29, has been in a couple of fights and is using like amazing machinery over at the UFC PI. And it was it was reminiscent of Rocky Four, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but 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 yeah, um, I don't know. How, what, what do you guys think? We we were chatting a little about that. I mean, I I, I certainly can't disagree with with you personally. I mean, I, I feel because and if we're talking like the rules of scoring and how they do it round by round. Yeah, sure. I I personally said okay because of how many he threw, landed, and compared to Mayweather that you, that that McGregor was the one who should have I, I scored the first four rounds for McGregor. With that said, I didn't ever feel like Mayweather was 
out of control. And I felt like you were saying, you know, I got a sense of, although I don't have your expert eyes, and Mike was saying a similar thing, that he, we got the sense that it's, you know, even if he was giving up those rounds, he was giving them up, and it was a part of a larger, a, a larger plan. Yeah. Uh, and so it was not as if Mayweather had lost control of it. Uh, so I did think it was ridiculous to not give McGregor, that if, you were, if I was a judge looking at like who scored more i gotta look at who scored more and so i thought it was kind of crazy that the judges uh only gave mcgregor one round but that said i I, yeah i didn't ever feel that mayweather was was out of control i i did what was very interesting to me i want to i'm curious uh you guys uh, uh saw this but when i thought mcgregor was in trouble when i forget what round it is but uh mayweather went back to the body even even the first few rounds of mayweather was only throwing very very occasionally he was going to the chest and the body um he threw a punch to mcgregor's body it didn't even seem to land super clean or hard but mcgregor saw it coming and like winced and shelled up like in advance real real bad i'm like oh that means these have been hurting him bad and this can't be good for him i was like this is the turning point he wasn't showing it before but mcgregor is clearly feeling these shots have been coming to the body Oh, 100%. And uh, I think if anyone wants to learn more about composure, I think this is a perfect example of what that means when you're going up at a high-level fight or a competition, no no matter what sport you're in, you know? (sighs) (laughs) Was it, was a part of it? It's reminiscent of everybody's feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, and that's the thing. I've been such a big critic of this fight, and I wrote wrote an article... um, after doing some interviews and investigating and looking at law, that I thought this fight was not even legal, right? Like, I, I, I don't <laughs> think it should have happened. I think it was absurd for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, once it was there, though, it was, you know, something to look at, I guess. But part of the frustration, I'm curious, was there a stress like, oh, my gosh, if, if somehow some fucking lightning strikes and this kid – zero and zero novice <laughs> just like knocks out the 40 year old was part of your relief was there any stress that okay theoretically there's a one in a billion chance mcgregor's gonna win and then you would have to deal with that hey, it, see it's it's compelling because of all the hype but if you come down to the basic of it if you get if someone who's a novice at it and is trying to go for the quote-unquote knockout punch um usually it's it's they show it. Um, yeah. Like I, I can imagine yeah. if, if, if Connor's like, Oh, there he is. His eyes are going to light up. It's almost <laughs> like putting your hand out in poker. Uh, so that's true. Uh, it's, it's yeah. Unless you've done endless rounds of just boxing mm. and just understanding the nuances of it, the short end, meaning four rounders all the way up to the 12 round fight, um, comparing it from sparring into an actual live competition. You know, there's so many different, things that you have to acquire throughout the years of training in it. So um, it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, it's hindsight is twenty twenty, obviously, but yeah, no, the hype really got me excited about it, which made me so um, just, I was just at the edge of my feet every mm-hmm. second of the fight because I'm thinking, okay, is Connor really going to do it? I'm like, oh, no, it, in about 10 minutes, Floyd pretty much has <laughs> got him. Um, and, and, and with his 40-year-old your, your, uh, your old self, just coming out of retirement, I mean, like, wow. You know, I heard Floyd, did, he didn't even spar like a month before the fight because mm-hmm. he was trying to save his hands. And I'm thinking that right there, it, it already takes away a level of your intensity and your endurance and even your sharpness. And so I thought that was uh, <laughs> I thought it was very impressive to mm. go up against someone who's at the top of their game uh, physically in Conor McGregor. So, yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> I'm that really is, that's true. 
Well, what are you up to now? What, what's, what's on your plate uh, well, these days? Oh, go actually, ahead, Mikey. Uh-oh. I heard buried in all the store, the news for Mayweather McGregor, there was an interview that I wanted to ask her. Oh, Anna, yeah. Where she mentions her career and says that she would like to fight, and if I remember correctly, Heather Hardy in Bellator, which is an intriguing matchup. Yeah, you know, it's it's something that can possibly happen. Uh, my promoter, my boxing promoter, Alan Tremblay, is uh, working alongside with Bellator, and uh, they have this pretty exciting idea, and it hasn't been done yet, where you have someone like myself who does who has competed in boxing, won a few world titles, and has dabbled into MMA along with someone like Heather Hardy, who's won her titles and has um, recently done her pro MMA debut and uh, you know there's there's a stage that Bellator can provide uh, where we can do a lot of cross crossing of the combat sports. So you know just uh, at the end of the day, um, you know in in fight game, you know there's so many moving parts to have something done. Um, like for instance, the Conor McGregor versus uh, Floyd Mayweather fight. I mean that took about a year in negotiations. You know what I mean? Um, it was it's fast, it's smooth. Both parties. We're up for it, but in terms of like having all the little fine print and having both both sides agree to everything, um, you know, it just takes a while. So, you know, with that said, you know, I'm just at the gym, um, cross training a lot with the grappling, with the kicking and the uh, punching, um, elbows and knees, and just trying to craft my game and going to the whole essence of it and just having fun with it again. And I feel like sometimes when you're just so wrapped up with a sport or anything that you do, um, you almost get tunnel vision and you forget a lot of the other stuff or you're not aware of all the other things that can happen which can enhance your your perspective on a lot of different things you know and I kind of feel like that's where I'm at uh, just fighting for the past I don't know 15 years um, and been doing martial arts since a kid uh, as a child it's it can be uh, there is a lot of different ways a fighter can go to and I feel like at this moment where I'm at right now it's it's nice to be able to feel like a kid again and just get back to my base and just kind of recrafting my style where I'm not so much pro boxing and I'm not so much pro grappling or anything like that I can kind of figure out you know what works for me and what doesn't and it's fun just being able to watch even old school MMA fights you know I've been um, watching a lot of uh, Anderson Silva a lot of Chelsonen a lot of uh, Randy Couture you know just going back to the whole old school part of it and uh, try to go from there and see how the evolution of MMA goes you know and that's how I approach boxing and it's it's been it's been uh, quite quite an adventure. <laughs> if Bellator called you and was like, "Hey, let's make this Heather Hardy fight happen," are you free and clear to sign with Bellator and do that? Uh, yeah, you know, as long as the uh, <laughs> you know the the, the opportunity is good, you know, obviously, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ready to fight. I was getting ready for a boxing match uh, back in June, and I ended up doing that TUF tryout. Um, and, you know, since then, you know, even before that, I've just been constantly been at the gym. And now I've been waiting for an opportunity to, to jump right in there, whether it's in the ring or in the cage, and just like, challenge myself. So if that happens, you know, with Bellator, you know, obviously, hell yeah, you know, put us on TV, get the hype going on, you know, let's get paid. Let's go do this. That'd be awesome. We're going we're gonna to do any small amount that we can on social media to encourage that one, or any other fight, really. Uh, any, anyone you want to fight it's fine with us, Anna. <laughs> Watching you fight anybody on any rules is, is always good in our book. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll let you go now. We we uh, we'd love to have you on again whenever you want, especially if you got some news for us. We'd love to have you on again. But thanks so much for 
for the the long suffering patience of breaking down that fight <laughs> one more time for us. But it's also great just to hear about you and and your training and your career. So thanks again for your time. Remind people where they can where they can find you online. Absolutely, just plug in my name, uh, Anna Holton, A N A J U L A T O N, and you'll find me through. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, website, etc. So thanks again, you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Anna. Take care. It's always fun getting to, always fun to get in to talk to her. Yeah, you know, uh, and especially for her being so patient to talk about this, which, uh, you know, as a boxing person, as an MMA person, I think it was definitely more intriguing for our side of the world mm. um, to, to think about it. I think for boxing, that was probably more cringeworthy. Mm. I, don't, I think a lot of people on the MMA side of things, you know, felt the same way that boxing people did about it, about the spectacle and whatnot. Mm. But uh, I think there was definitely a lot more defending of MMA going on than defending of boxing. Mm. And so I, I think that kind of shifted the tide. But. You know, uh, hopefully it opens the doors for people like Ana Hulatan to kind of. Yeah, I hope so. And, and, you know, MMA fighters in general uh, as a result of this fight. So hope they get paid more in MMA. I'm not, I'm not really excited to see MMA fighters fight in boxing any more than I am to see chess players. That's the one thing che- that could come uh, checkers, out of this, you know, is, is the impact Connor has on his UFC return. And yeah. What that says. I mean, that would be nice. He was the first person to make seven figures in a, right? If I'm remembering guaranteed money, first person makes seven figures. I doubt that's at true, UFC but, I'm not, but I'm not sure. I mean, that's like just show money, not right. the combination of win and thing. I don't know, but he I'm might, sure Brock Lesnar had guaranteed maybe, seven figures, but I don't maybe know. Maybe he was like, he tied it, but he was definitely, I think, the first person to exceed a million. And of course, mm. Nate exceeded a million. And, mm. you know, Brock Lesnar had his 2.5 million at UFC 200. And I think uh, Jones was supposed to get a million for 200 before the he, Before that, yeah, and I think yeah. DC was going to get eight hundred thousand, and then he got three million for two hundred five, and Rousey got three million for yeah. two hundred seven. Right. So, like, even his impact in just that year really elevated um, everybody's pay, or at least people at the top. Well, pay. elevated a couple, yeah, a couple yeah. people's, yeah. But yeah. I hope, I hope it goes. I hope he continues. I mean, Dana White. I don't know if you saw Mike who said now that they he thinks Dana, uh, Conor McGregor deserves equity in the UFC. I mean. That's not really exactly a labor movement, but it's good for Connor. It's certainly well-deserved for Connor because what he makes in the UFC is gross. He's a much bigger pay-per-view draw than Floyd Mayweather. If we didn't know it from the last couple years of his activity compared to the last couple years of Floyd Mayweather's activity and those pay-per-view draws and how, how much better Connor McGregor was selling, we certainly know it from if, if the UFC did, if, uh, you know, if the UFC's uh, like estimate or leak that their statement that they did, what was it, over five, over six million pay-per-view Dana White is true. was caught on Uriah Faber's Instagram saying 6.5. See, that just blows it away. Conor McGregor is a far bigger draw in every way than Floyd Mayweather right now, and he gets paid a 30th of what he gets paid in the UFC, uh, of what Floyd gets paid in the UFC. So, yeah, I hope, I hope well, it's guaranteed money for him. I mean, everybody focuses on the Conor making $100 million, but it's guaranteed money. And we don't really know we how no much he makes in the make UFC. We million either. Well, yeah. That's, and we also don't know don't how know much that. he actually makes for a fight in the UFC outside mm-hmm. of his guaranteed money. Right. And his most guaranteed money, as we just said, was 205 for $3 million, And he made 10 times that right. when he got paid $30 million in guaranteed money yeah. for this fight. So Still a fraction of what Floyd got. And Conor's the bigger draw. It's insane. Uh, critics like, like me of this fight even happening – I feel need to blame the UFC's uh, business model. This fight happened because the UFC pays so little. Conor McGregor would rather fight people he has a better chance of beating in rules he trains for 
but he, boxing pays so much better at the middle class and the, on the upper class that he's like, well, screw it. Yeah, I'll go get a, take a whooping for way more money than I've ever seen. So anyway, we should call Joe Lozon up. Enough of my, enough of my bitching about, uh, about this. Joel's on the line uh, or waiting on the line, he said, uh, for us at this time. He, they just announced this fight. Him versus Clay Guida. Joel Lozon, Clay Guida. Certainly an action fight. I certainly hope it isn't. For my own personal reasons, it's a fight I've been dreading and <laughs> for like 11 years. Both guys, are awesome guys, count them as friends. I don't want to see either one of them hurt or hurt one another. Everyone else in the world, including them, I'm sure, are really looking forward to this. That's what is that, Mike? November 11th or is that something? Like, it's in November, Norfolk, Virginia, I think. But it's a freaking good fight. I don't know if it's the headlining fight or not. Uh, we want to ask Joe that ourselves. But Joe Lozon versus Clay Guida, two longtime veterans, two of the most exciting fighters on earth. Just announced that they're fighting, and uh, Joe's on vacation. But he said he's going to test out his rural main reception and see if he can talk about talk to us about Rocky. It. He's out in the <laughs> Joe. How's it going? Good, good. I'm here. This is Elias. I'm here with Mike. Extra rounds. You're live with us, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for making time. Ah, uh, no problem. So we just told the fans that this is a technological experiment of sorts. You're in rural Maine, I mean, I'm assuming all of Maine is rural, and, and we're just seeing, about. Yeah, we're, we're going to see how long this yep. reception, uh, how long this reception holds out, man. But how are things going over there? You guys are on vacation, having a good time. Yeah, he rents a house up here, uh, up in Old Orchard Beach, up in Maine. So he rents a house up here for the week. So we're up for a couple of days, and uh, yeah. So I just, I didn't know if the reception was going to be good. Hopefully, it doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, it's so it's it's been it's gotten a little softer times and a little louder, but we heard you, so we'll we'll do what we can for sure, man. Uh, cool. So we just we just told the fans that maybe hadn't heard about it that you're set to fight Clay Guida in November. Uh, are you guys headlining the card? It certainly would seem to be a, a good headlining fight. Uh, I'm sure we'll be on the main card, but I don't know if we're headlining. I okay. know uh, I think uh, Pettis is on that card against someone too, like uh, Oye. Uh, there's mm. other, uh Diego Sanchez is on there against Matt Brown. Uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty solid card. So I'm not sure if we're headlining or you know co-main event or what, but I'm sure we'll be on the main card. Right. Joe, are you surprised that in the going on 12, it'll, in the fall it'll be well by then it'll be 12 years for both you guys. You guys both have been, you and Clay have been in the UFC. Are you surprised that this fight hadn't ever happened before? Uh, a little bit, you know. I, I, a lot of times it's just, it just it comes down to timing. You know what I mean? Like when I'm coming off a win, when he's coming off a win or a loss, uh, when, you know, uh, when my last fight was, when his last fight was, you know, we're both healthy, you know, we're, we both are in the rankings, you know, it kind of, there's a lot of things that have to happen for, for two guys to meet, you know? So uh, it, I'm a little surprised it's taken us this long, but I'm not, I'm not that <laughs> So how, how, from your perspective, what you know, how did it come about? Did you get a call saying, hey, Clay's signed to, to fight you, or did they call you and say ask you first? Like, how, how did this go down? Uh, so for my last fight, I had a pretty quick turnaround. So I fought in January, and then I fought right again uh, up in April. So it was a really, really fast turnaround. Uh, I would definitely want to have a little bit of time off. So I was looking to fight, like, uh, you know, August, and then uh, a lot of the shows were international in August. Hmm. So, you know, there really wasn't a spot for me. So we were looking at the uh, September cards. And, you know, that was all perfect. That was good. You know, I was, I was in constant talks with Sean Shelby. And then it just, it didn't work out. You know, just, you know, the, the you know, everyone got matched up. They just didn't really have a spot on the card. And uh, so it just, you know, uh, we were talking about maybe trying to fight Clay. Then and it just, the, the, the timing just wasn't right. Um, so, you know, we got pushed a couple months. But that was basically, you know, how it all came about. You know, I was trying to fight September. 
Uh, you know, I think Clay wanted a little bit more time. Uh, so, you know, we're going to do it in November. You're on vacation now, at least for a little bit. What's your tentative plan for, for camp? Do you go right into camp when you get out? Do you, you're going you're gonna to give yourself a, a month? Because, I mean, you've got a lot of stuff going on, too. You've got a, you guys have another baby on the way. It's a busy time for you all. Uh, yeah, yeah, it kind of, I mean, I, I was planning on, I mean, I've been geared up and ready to go for, you know, I wanted to fight September, you know, a couple weeks here. So mm. I've been geared up, you know, I didn't know who I was going to be fighting, but I've been training really, really hard, you know, getting ready for September. So, uh, it didn't work out, you know, so, you know, that's not a big deal. You know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape right now. You know, I'm not in shape yet, but I've, I've been in the gym, I've been lifting, I've been, you know, training hard, I've been doing everything. So, uh, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, I have a couple of days where I'm, I'm, I'm out of the gym, you know, this week, but. Otherwise, I mean, we're, we're, we're good to go. You know, we're, we're going full steam ahead. Um, you know, it's like I'm, I'm one of those guys that I like to stay in the gym all the time. And sometimes that kind of leads to a lot of kind of nagging injuries because I'm, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm my own worst enemy where, you know, I get something that's bothered me, but I'm, I'm still training all the time. And I try to train around things, but still, you're in the gym every single day. You know, you want to train light, you know, things get annoyed. You get, you know, uh, you know, it flares up a little bit. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. You know, I, I think we're like 10 or 11 weeks right now. 10 or 11 weeks right now, so plenty of time for sparring, plenty of time for everything else. You know, I'm just, like I said, I've, I've been I've been getting geared up to fight September anyway, so it's not a big deal to, you know, take a few days off and then just get back after it. Now, Norfolk's kind of close to home. Is this, do you view it that way at least? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime, anytime we're in the same time zone is great, <laughs> you know, because nothing changes, you know. To, for me, that's always kind of mess you up a little bit, you know. Whenever you go somewhere, it's always a, the difference in time zones. It's like you're a little bit jet lagged or it's a long flight. You know, this is great. You know, uh, I think I could drive it in like nine or ten hours. You know, but we'll, we'll take like a short, like you know, hour, hour and a half flight. Uh, you know, it'll be perfect. I want to ask you some some specific stuff about the fight, and if obviously fighters can't you know reveal too much of what they're thinking, and and certainly we never know what's going to happen in a fight till till it happens. But if if you're if you're honest, I, I gotta, I'm wondering. I mean, not that you concede anything in a fight, uh, and you know you you know you wrestle hard, and, you, and you're and you're you're a really great wrestler. But I'm, in, if you think about like, okay, chances are or whatever, like the worst case scenarios, do you imagine, Joel, that there's a good good amount uh, a good chance that a you may have to spend um, a good amount of time fighting off your back? which you're comfortable doing and comfortable scrambling, obviously. Uh, and, and B, on the positive side, do you, do you imagine that you'll, if you guys, if you're able to keep it on the feet or if, when it is on the feet, that you'll be able to or have to uh, pick him apart with just like more clean striking? Uh, well, you know, at this point in, in camp, you know, we, we've even had like our initial coaches meeting, but we're, we'll have that soon, probably this weekend or, 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 you know, early next week. But we're going to start talking about, you know, all the different, you know, problems that, you know, that, that Clay presents, you know. And, and right off the bat, I think, you know, you think about his motor. He's got great cardio. He, does, he doesn't stop moving the entire time. Even after he fights three or five rounds, he's still bouncing around, you know, moving nonstop. It looks as fresh as he did at the opening bell. Uh, you know, so my cardio has got to be, you know, super sharp. He's got great wrestling. Uh, he's got good stand-up. You know, I think it's more kind of just... Um, uh, I think it's more like more speed kind of stuff than it is like a lot of like really heavy, heavy strikes. So he kind of just moves around a lot, you know, it's, it's kind of tough to, to track him down. You know, he has a lot of head movement, you know, so those are like kind of the things that we have to kind of focus on and work on. Um, you know, but you know, during camp, we're going to, we're going to have sparring partners and training partners. They're going to emulate all those different things. They're going to do all those things better than him. You know, we'll have, uh, we'll rotate in fresh guys 
and that will kind of deal with the cardio aspect of things and, you know, split rounds and do all that kind of stuff. So I'll constantly have fresh guys rotating in. Uh, I get some really good wrestlers I can work with. I get some guys that have great head movement and, you know, I might have to have someone grow out the hair a little bit or put on a wig or something to deal with the long hair, but, you know, um, you know, I, I, you know, we, we start every camp thinking, you know, worst possible thing. Like, oh, this guy's so good at this. He's so good at this. He's so good at this. You know, if, if, if camp goes on, we start taking those advantages away and, you know, we, we negate them and figure out how we can capitalize and counter them back and deal with them, you know? So, uh, I'm not, I'm not super worried about anything that, that Clay does. I think, you know, I think I don't think anything's gonna like super surprise us. You know, I think we just we you know we gotta put the work in. You know, we have to be in really good shape. We have to be ready to go hard for fifteen minutes and build the bell. Because I know he's gonna be fresh, I know he's gonna be, you know, strong, I know he's gonna be sharp. Uh you know, we have to be able to, you know, keep pace. I think that's the big that's the big obstacle for this fight. Now it sounds like you're you know, it, it of course it sounds like a joke when you talk about of training partner putting on a wig, but I was in your I was in I was in your camp when you were training for Takanori Gomi and you had your your, your teammate uh, fellow fighter Andy Ayello uh, dye his yep. hair uh, blonde. So yep. I gotta ask. I mean, w- you know, are you serious? What, might you guys consider a long haired dude just get, just for that reason? <laughs> I got a, I got a kid that trains in my gym that uh, he he's not as good at MMA. He's kind of new at MMA, but he's got the long hair. He's got the men bundle. And he's a great wrestler. Uh, I'm sure I'll be spending a lot of time doing work with him. You know, this man. You know, it's just you know. So yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely we're gonna try to emulate everything. You know, we're going to try and emulate everything we can. You know, like, I really feel like, you know, for Clay in particular, you know, like, I feel like that line head does have a big role because he's constantly moving his head. It's kind of tough to get a read on, you know, where he's moving and what's going on. He's just, you know, his head is constantly in motion. It's constantly like this, like, big blur of hair. And I think I think a lot of people have trouble kind of, you know, zoning in on it, you know. Um, you know, I think that, you know, come fight week, when it's fight time, I will be supremely confident. I will think that I have the better wrestling, the better jiu-jitsu, the better cardio, the better box, the better everything. But right now, he's better at everything, so we have to we got to put some work in. This kid's just in the gym doing his thing, and all of a sudden, he's going to be working and training Camp Cholosa because he has a man bun. <laughs> <laughs> the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Have long hair. I mean, is that? I, had, I, had, I got to breathe in all his hair. You know, I got to choke on his hair and all that stuff. So he's going to do some sparring rounds with me. That's Seems awesome. really lucky for that kid. Like that's a that's a great experience. <laughs> well, everyone goes to that gym. I'm assuming uh, you know with the hopes of getting to put get time in with Joe. Because for those that know don't know, Lowe's on MMA. Joe's there teaching. Uh, Joe's there training. He's doing his training camps there. So it's not like one of these situations where you know a fighter licenses out, licenses out their name. Uh, you know, and, and, and you, you see him or her, you know, once or twice a year. Like, you were in there. I was there last week, your camp, Joe, and you were teaching uh, once, at least for that Gomi fight. So, yeah, he's very much involved. Yep. He's very much involved there. I, I really think, you know, one of my, one of my, uh, one of my coaches, uh, Joe Popper, always says, you know, to, to teach once is to learn twice, you know, and it's, it's so true. There's so many times, like, you know, you, you teach it and you kind of, you know, you, you correct the issues that other people are having and mistakes and everything like that, and it makes you better, you know. So um, I'm into my gym all the time. Like, I'm, I'm there six days a week, running classes six days a week. You know, like, I'm, I'm always there, you know, either morning or night or sometimes both. But I'm there, I'm putting in the work. And, uh, you know, the, the better I make my guys, the better they help me, and, you know, the, the better I do in the long run. That's awesome. Well, Joe, we'll, we wanted to touch base with you just after this fight was announced. There's plenty more to talk about coming down the road. We'd love to have you on again. But for now, we'll let you get back uh, to the coast there, and hopefully uh, you guys enjoy your time. We're glad the reception held out, and we're glad you made time for us, man. I'll be back at civilization, not, not staring at the waves and be on the beach away from cell towers. <laughs> it's good to get away from that sometimes, though. So thanks again, Joe. I appreciate is. it, brother. 
Uh, thank you. Take care. Always appreciate someone taking time out of their vacation to talk to us. Totally. Maine's, Maine's rural, but not like in a country kind of way. It's very hills mm. and mountains and then whatnot. Um, beautiful rocky coast. Uh, George Bush Sr., I think, used to, uh, you know, like every president kind of has like their vacation mm, spot. Right, right. Uh, Trump's is in Florida. Yeah. Uh, weekend homes. But uh, George Bush Sr., I think, went to a place in Maine. I can't remember what the They're name of it was. There. He was from out there. Yeah, it starts with a K. Kennebuckport, Kennebuckport, something, something like that. That sounds like, right. Yeah, yeah. But I remember when we were, because we lived in New England for a little bit, we went on a road trip up to Maine, and I remember my dad like stopping, and you could see the house out there, and like it was a big is deal. Is it super pretty? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is really gorgeous. This is Bar Harbor Island that's really, uh, really, really pretty. Now, I, I only stayed along the coast. Mm-hmm. I didn't go uh, more inland, but, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, huge cities, mm-hmm. or at least as two kids from Chicago would be accustomed to <laughs> cities uh, or even suburbs being, but, but right. it's definitely like natural beauty. That's cool. um, very, very beautiful part of the country. Uh, but yeah, interesting to get his, uh, his thoughts on the fight. Yeah. It's a, it's a great fight. You yeah. know, Oklahoma, when they getting ready to play Texas, mm. they uh, would bring in these like huge stereo equipment, like speakers, like for a concert mm. and they would play the Texas fight song. And like crowd noise all week to prepare for that fight because hmm. it's such like a raucous environment. Like they don't do that for every practice, but yeah. they do it for Texas. And that's what like him bringing in the hair to get used to it. Like that's kind of what it made me think. Like you're trying to replicate as many of the elements as you can yeah. to like get accustomed to it. It's smart, you know. Like you, you never know, hear people doing that with the hair though. That's like yeah. it's definitely a uniquely Joe Lozen thing. Yeah, that's very interesting. You hear people getting concerned about it. Gray Maynard's camp apparently really wanted, and that's the time. The one time that Clay had his hair all you know, uh, put together was for that Gray Maynard fight. They were trying to take advantage of some athletic commission, like, rules. So people were concerned about the hair, but you don't – I haven't heard anyone tell me that they really prepared for it in that way. Maybe they wish they had. Uh, I don't know if you remember that fight. So a fight that Clay got robbed on in a decision, in my view. It wasn't like a titillating fight, but he controlled it. He was, he was, he was pissed that he that they wouldn't have his hair going free. And I don't know that this is why he did it, but it certainly seemed like – <laughs> to poke fun at the commission's uh, mandate, he had his hair braided, but then he put like pink and blue barrettes in his hair too, <laughs> just to be like, "All right, I got to put my hair up." Uh, and just poking fun at that, but uh, yeah, that's a heck of a thing. Do you ever do you remember this story when uh, this is years ago when they were doing a UFC game? Um, I don't remember which one, but uh, they were having trouble with like making the hair realistic and stuff. This is before they had women fighting in the UFC, I guess the first UFC. Video, it might've, it might it was one. I mean, the first one was like before clay was even the UFC, but like, was it that long oh ago? yeah. The first one that they ever had. Yeah. It was a long time ago. And then they, they never did a follow up. I don't even know who made it. Oh no, no. But, I meant um, the first EA. EA oh yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. It might've been the first EA sports one. I, that's what I can't remember. That's what I wasn't sure, but they came, uh, I guess they offered, they went to the UFC and said, we, we can't do his hair. Can you can he cut it? So the UFC offered him like sixty thousand dollars to cut it. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm good. Said so add a couple zeros onto that, and we'll think about it. But he that hair is important to him for sure, man. Even if it's just like a style thing, it's important. Right. To him. You gotta <laughs> you gotta keep the hair. You know, it's it's your brand at that point. At that point, right? Yeah, totally. You know, it totally is. I don't know how he does it within in his face, but it definitely. Like the old Roman, uh, like uh, soldiers, lot they would have these like tassels and their. And it, it just draw the eye away, and that's why you see a lot of boxers will do like uh, crazy, um, crazy shit. Like 
on their shorts or even on their boots and stuff on their on their um, on their shoes and it's just a, like the momentary chance that you might draw their eye away from what they need to be looking at i think he's my floyd that. uh fights in sequence basically really shiny i mean i think i i know like i don't i, I it's funny but like i wouldn't be surprised if that's part of it yeah. maybe he also likes that but it's i'm sure he's thinking about that a guy like that doesn't doesn't not think about every little thing right like think, mayweather think about people reacted to way that conor mcgregor shaved his head for this fight like people re- yeah. like there was a lot of talk oh, on there? social media like i can't believe conor shaved his head he's done it before it's gonna be yeah he yeah. like he, he changes his hair like every well, i don't fight. know if he's gone like he was like shaved i mean without being like bald yeah, you know yeah. like a one guard yeah, or something right, all right, right 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 I, I know he's like done it where he's like left like the the path sure. and he, like did it for aerodynamics or True, whatever. but right. um I mean, think about like his hair's never been longer than mine, mm. and the outlet. Think about like if Clay Guida showed up like that when <laughs> yeah. people used to. People would be like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> Seismic. Yeah. I know people probably if it went like other than like the tattoos, they might have like a double look at this point. Yeah, I misspoke earlier saying it'll be twelve years this fall that these guys have been in him and Joe Lozan have been in the UFC. It's eleven years. Both they both debuted in two thousand six i think uh clay in october 2006 and and joe in september 2006 but all that time people have seen him with with one hairdo you know so you're totally right yeah it would it would be uh be distracting at this point to not see him in that well i guess we can wrap up with a little a few points on mayweather mcgregor before we call it a day. yeah there was a thing i wanted to see if we had time for it i wanted to mention it was this story that was floating around i don't know if you saw this it was this story uh, that i was seeing shared a lot mike um on facebook and then I even saw, like, some journalist friends sharing it. And I saw it picked up by, like, legitimate outlets, like a CBS um, uh, radio new, uh, website, affil- CBS affiliate radio stations, a website, uh, share it. It's a story. The headline was, like, Conor McGregor donates $200 million to, Floyd, to yeah. Hughes. Or, I mean, sorry, Floyd. Thank you. Floyd, Floyd Mayweather Jr. donates $200 million to, uh, to, to Houston hurricane victims. And listen, like, I'd love for that to be true. Um, but... Now I realize I looked this morning again, Mike, and now like it's on Snopes and like there's people talking about it. But a couple days ago or yesterday, actually, early this morning, I kind of like I had like a little Facebook conversation with a friend of mine. They were sharing it and they were sharing it like, wow, this is great. Or, hey, I don't, I don't like the guy, but look at this. You know, look what he's done. This is pretty awesome. It took it takes like two seconds looking at the story that they were circulating to realize it's it's it wasn't a legitimate story. I don't quite understand with a story like this why someone would would completely make a a, a fake non true story. I don't understand do it. it for fun. But yeah, so, the but it's likes a, or the and traffic. It, There's like the it's like the reminds, traffic makes sense. Well, it reminds me of the whole like Batman thing. From like the Dark Knight when mm. the Butler, what's the name, Alfred's telling Christian Bale's character like, "Oh, just to see like it burn." Yeah, kind of yeah. like that thing. Every, every, and it's happening a lot now, right? So for whatever, and so I, I kind of have like I, I want to use this as an like an illustration for folks who are out there because I saw people that I was surprised share share this news story, and I think it depends on what you want to hear. You might just you might read a headline and share it and assume everything we see is legitimate. Just as a helpful thing, you know, it's a little tautological, but here's some things you can look at. So I looked at the story. One, it was like the site was like HoustonChronicle-TV.com or something. All right. There is a Houston Chronicle. Yeah. There's a newspaper. Check, look them up. That URL is not their website. I knew like somebody in our Slack channel dropped in the story and was like, look at this. And I knew 
just from looking at the URL. Because, well, I'm from Texas, so, and yeah. like, my dad lives in Houston, so I know, and I know what that website is. Yeah. And I know it's it's Cron, C-H-R-O-N.com. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, I knew as soon as I saw the URL that it was fake. Yeah, so that, the URL but, is a good, but, like, is a good, is a good uh, indicator. I'm the only one. Like, you know what I mean? How many people would have noticed that? Yeah, and there's a lot of other indicators, so let's <laughs> move on. So, let's say, uh, you, if you search that story, search the subject, Floyd Mayweather donating $200 million on Google. No one else is reporting this but this one website, which is sounding like it's attached to a he newspaper. Ain't doing that. What's that? Hey, well, I'm, I'm giving people this. The whole point is to give people instructions how to not look like a, a fucking idiot by posting fake news. So one, Google it. See if anyone else is reporting it. It's pretty easy to do with Google. I'm not telling you to go to the research library, right? Nowadays, it's pretty easy. Uh, and then you look at the con- the copy itself, and I'm, and I know this is like preaching to the choir with you, Mike. But if you notice in that story, if, if folks that have read it. It doesn't say who is giving the money to. It says all the time, vaguely, when they quote Floyd, when they talk about it, that he's donating it to the victims. Yeah, but you need to, who's he donating it to? The the municipality of Houston, the Red Cross, some other group of nonprofits that are helping with aid. They never specify. It's not unless you're going to go over a city and drop it out of a helicopter. You don't just give it to the victims. That would be kind of his style. <laughs> that would be it would be. And if unless that happened, and, and if they did do that, it would certainly make. News again, it, again, back to no one else reporting it. That would be one of the largest gifts, if not the largest, like at any one point in modern history that an individual is like given to a cause just in that moment. It would make news. It would, other people would be picking it up. Uh, also, it doesn't say who he gave the quote to. It says Floyd said this during a visit to Houston. It doesn't say he, he said it in a statement. Uh, they didn't say that there was a press conference. They didn't say it was told to the Houston Chronicle, told to this reporter. A real news report will say not just that it was something was said, but it'll tell you who they said it to. To a newspaper, during an appearance, that nowadays that they tweeted it on an Instagram post, that their representatives released a, a statement. They're going to say who he said it to. They're going to say who he gave the money to in this case. And it was also interesting, speaking of social media, you go on social media, Floyd never said anything about it on his own Twitter. If you're not going to go on Google and search for other newspaper articles because that's boring, we're all on Twitter, we're all on Instagram, you could check his account and see he wasn't saying anything else about it. Uh, and uh, there was also no indication that he'd even been in Houston in the days since his fight uh, and, and this happening. There was no photos of him there. And this is important too, and this is kind of like where I'll, where I'll end it. Floyd Mayweather, I think, you know, this was used by a lot of people. I saw a lot of the posts just among friends. This is completely anecdotal saying, oh, I don't like him because of, you know, his woman battering, but it's nice he's doing this. Well, let's talk about that. Floyd Mayweather, even, you know, even in the cases where he's been convicted, uh, even in the cases where he's pled no contest or pled guilty uh, to beating um, uh, uh, women, uh, uh, he has always then later said, hey, there's no photos of it. Basically he's saying, Picks or it didn't happen. Well, for this supposed really great deal, you might want to, in this digital age of social media, look for photos. If it didn't, if there's no photos of Floyd Mayweather out in Houston, it's a pretty good indication it didn't happen. And that's a good, good enough standard for him to deny all the women he's beaten uh, and been convicted of beating. It's a good enough standard to, to kind of negate this, this BS uh, uh, propaganda to like elevate him. So that was something that, that came off tangential from the fight. It was really bothering me because I saw even journalists posting it. Check sources, guys. Read the become a little bit more of a savvy reader. Um, it's it's a it's a strange and scary time. Uh, there's a lot more information out there. And there's a lot of well, misinformation out there. So that was a little pet peeve, half heart, uh, hot take, half <laughs> instructional that I wanted to go over. So thanks for bearing with me. Thanks for letting me run through that, Mike. Yeah, the uh, 
just it's just always worth the extra second to, to not look silly. But if anything, hopefully it raised some awareness of uh, what's going on in Houston and donating. And and JJ Watt's been doing a lot of stuff. Houston Texans defensive end. He's uh, been he's raised like over six million dollars, I think, wow. so far. And That's great. Uh, he every time he reaches his benchmark, he ups the next goal, and he's been doing it like a million dollars at a time. But he went from six to ten million, and you can donate to help uh, all the people in Houston at youcaring dot com slash jj watt. Youcaring c a r i n g dot com slash jj watt. Uh, awesome. A lot of people in Houston need need help. Derek Lewis um, out driving. I don't know if you saw any of this out yeah. driving, rescuing people. Was on ESPN said he rescued over a hundred people, including a guy who would not leave his Confederate flag behind. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, he uh, talked to, I think, maybe MMA Chunky Radio, or it was on MMA Chunky. Um, this guy wouldn't, didn't want to leave his Confederate flag behind and, like, apologize for taking it into the car with uh, Derek Lewis. And Derek Lewis says, like, he's like, I don't care, man, whatever. Just come on, let's go. And which, you know, Derek Lewis is an incredible human being. Right. But, uh, you know, I think you leave. It. He said that his the dude's wife or girlfriend or whatever was like, upset that he insisted on bringing it but if you've held on to it since the 1860s i makes sense you don't want to let go of it now <laughs> you lost that treasonous war a long time ago right. but man that's remarkable that's yeah. really remarkable so, yeah. there's a lot of uh, good stories like that and i think that one of the cool things is that it seems like a lot of people in houston like Derek Luce are coming together to help that's each awesome. other out so that's awesome well that wraps up the show no more mayweather mcgregor talk for hopefully ever ever you know, we'll see if the rematch comes. <laughs> right. So, thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in to watch the show. We will see you next week.